looks pretty crazy to walk around with a chain around you, doesn't it? Just having it kind of right around, unless you're flavor flavor or something, you got the clock right here and flavor flay. But if you just like are going through life and you got chains around you, it just feels awkward, doesn't it? I mean, just it's not very comfortable and they slide off of you. But listen, if we're all being real this morning, like at least 80% of us walked in church this morning and we walked in like this. We walked in with baggage. We walked in struggling. We walked in with difficulties. And that's what this whole sermon series is going to be about. about not about embracing these, but about throwing them off. About being tired of having to tote these around because of the baggage that I'm in all the time and about getting rid of them. And um, it's going to be found in the book of Galatians. If y'all are familiar with the New Testament, um, it's one of Paul's letters, and it's to the church of Galatia. It's to the town. It's a, uh, if you know where present-day Turkey is, it's, it's near the capital of, of Turkey today is where this church was and where this city was. And so here's what had taken place in Galatia. And the whole message of Galatians is freedom in Christ. To find a way to live free, because most of us live like this. Even when we say yes to Jesus, we constantly have to... to take care of our chains and this is what our lives look like sure we may live like we want to live we may do what we want to do we may have a big nice house with four bedrooms and two cars and two and a half kids which I hadn't ever figured out how the two and a half kids part works but that's what the average American has so if you got the half kid I'd like to see that but like it, we can have all the stuff that we want to have and look the part and be completely in chains and bondage some people it's debt isn't it because we so want to look the part and fit in that we're in debt up to our ears and we have chains all around us. Keeping up with the Joneses. Chains. For some people it's just sin that I'm in that covers me up. We're going to cover that week three. Just completely in, just engrossed in sin. I don't know how to get out of it, Pastor Mark. What do I do? Just completely covered up. But today, this is, this is the message. And this is how freedom in Christ takes place today. And I'm telling you, in the first service, all but two people stood up at the end of the message. And I am the world's worst at this. Like, I can preach messages all day long on why Christ should be the center of our lives and why he should be the most important thing. And, and if I ask you in here, listen, there's some people in here that aren't saved. Man, we're so pumped that you're here for our first time guests. We are so excited that you've come. But for everybody in here that is saved, Non-Christians, just bear with me for a second. This isn't for you. For every person in here that is saved, if I ask you, raise your hand, if it's your goal in life to serve God over man, everyone would raise their hand. Like this is, it's church, right? So we give church answers. Absolutely, praise Jesus. The question is not, is that our goal? The question is, are we doing that? Do I serve God over man? Because this is what my life looks like right now. Right, you ready? This is my life. It's not these deep, dark sins that are my problem. Honestly, I'm not full of deep, dark sins. I'm a one-woman man. I love Leah. By the grace of God, for 12 and a half years so far, and four years before that, since I was 16 years old, I hadn't been on a date with anybody. I love my wife, and it's not a problem for me up to this point, by the grace of God. I pray that I die only having been with one person, but that's not what my chains are. For some people, that's what your chains are. That's not mine. 
You know what my chains are? The consumption that I have of other people and what they think about me. Like, I pride myself on this. It's funny because I tell people all the time, I really don't care what people think. Honestly, if you think I'm an idiot, I don't care about that. Right? Isn't that funny? I don't care. I'm very brash. I'm very, I'm very um, eccentric. I'm loud. I'm crazy. I don't mind that you think all those things about me. But when it comes to what you think about my spirituality, I care about that. And I will hide things from you to make sure that you don't know the real truth about me. You're sure, I'll stand up here and I'll be pretty authentic. But at the end of the day, I have chains wrapped around me because there's certain things that I do that I don't want anyone else to hear. Like, for instance, sometimes when Leah and I are arguing and I, and I get so frustrated and she gets so frustrated, I say something that I wish I hadn't. And then I look. I wonder if my neighbors are watching. Maybe y'all have never done that. And if y'all haven't, that's awesome. But this happened to me this week. It wasn't the nastiest thing in the world. It was just the tone that I said it in. I was nasty and I thought, these people know that I'm a pastor. That is awesome. You know what really hit me in studying this message? I cared so much more about what my neighbors thought about me than what Jesus does, because guess what? He is right with me all the time. If I'm a Christian, his Holy Spirit is living inside of me, and I was so consumed with what they thought about me, I could care less about Jesus at that moment. Or what about, what about the, uh, the times that we sit at our computer, men, right? We sit at our computer, life's rough if you're not married, it's rough because you're single and, and you haven't been intimate with anybody. And for those of us that are married, maybe it's been a couple weeks or a month since we've been intimate. And so no one's really going to find out this isn't going to hurt anything. And we sit behind the computer and we look up porn. But listen, if anybody were to walk in, anybody were to walk in, we'd hide it, wouldn't we? Because we don't want anyone to see that. We would never show what, what we're doing to everybody else, would we? I mean, we're going to hide it from anyone that we can. But by goodness, God can see it. I really don't care. As long as I can make you believe that I'm good, does it really matter what God thinks about me? Listen, this society has created bondage and chains that is overwhelming us. And the reason that I believe the church isn't making a difference is not because the gospel isn't real. It's because we are turning away from the gospel that we know is the truth because we care so much about what people think. And it doesn't matter if you're brash and dumb and loud and obnoxious like me or you're quiet and meek. All of us, to an extent, care. And we care because we look at what other people have and we're consumed with greed and we're consumed with jealousy. Instead of being happy for them that they're doing well, we want for us. And we are not comfortable in our own skin. And it's not because God didn't make us beautifully. It's because we want what someone else has at all times. Well, that is called chains. That is called not being in freedom of Christ. And all of us, I think if we're being honest in here, all of us to an extent struggle with that. Can I just tell you, for some reason right now, I'm really struggling. A lot of times when I preach messages, I'm excited to preach them because I feel like I'm doing well. I'm excited to preach this one to be completely honest with you and tell you I'm not doing that well in this one. Like I've really had to ask the Lord to forgive me this week because I've realized that Although there's no doubt in my mind that I am saved, and there's no doubt in my mind that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I'm constantly consumed with the fact that I don't want anyone else to know the difficulties that I'm going through in my personal life because I care so much more about what everybody else thinks than what Jesus thinks. This whole sermon series is going to be wrapped up in this thought. Do you want to have freedom in Christ? Do you want to have freedom in Christ? Because if we do, it's time for us to be authentic and be real. 
it's time for us to lay it down where it needs to be laid down and throw our chains down and say, you know what, I'm just going to be real with you. Even though I don't want my neighbors to hear me be nasty to Leah, shouldn't I care more what God thinks about the way that I treat my wife? I have a precious wife who is never nasty to me. Why would I do that to her? And I guess I've just been gut punched this week. It's been kind of crazy because I've just felt so much conviction and it's not like guilt. It's true Holy Spirit conviction, I think, because I know where God wants me to go and I know what he wants me to do and yet I continue to care so much more about getting praise and being known rather than making him famous. To have freedom in Christ, okay? To have true freedom in Christ. I must care more about Jesus than anything else. Listen, spouses, if you want to love your husband or wife more, love Jesus even more than you do them, and don't make them your idol, and you will love them more than you ever thought you could. If you want to treat people better, love Jesus more. If you want to have freedom in Christ, love Jesus more. And this was his message. This is Paul's message to the people of Galatia is, look, look, listen, listen. The first time that I went to see you, you were in love with Jesus. And the church was growing and thriving. And the second time he came back a year later, it was like, what happened? And Paul wrote this letter because after his second trip, he was like, these people have lost their minds. He literally says, you changed the gospel that you knew for a gospel that we don't know. They, they were turning away from it. it. Don't you think that's what we look like a lot of times? Like if someone came in here and said, I'm just going to evaluate what you believe based on the way that you live. Would they believe that we believe the truth of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that he came and died on the cross for us, that we could have life and freedom and no chains, that we could be free in Christ, that we could love people? Or would they look at us and say, what gospel are you following? And so I want to give you two things this morning that I believe will help us throw our chains down. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I believe every single person in here will be affected at one point or another like I am. This message is preached to me all week. I'm ready to give it to you and get rid of it. And I believe there'll be some people in here that, that get saved as a result. Because I believe you'll want to stand up and be completely free because you've never trusted Jesus as Savior. So this morning I want to give you two points about how we can be free from man and love God more than ourselves and more than others. Can we pray? God, in the next couple minutes, will you help us throw our chains down that is the fear of man more than the fear of you? I believe all of us probably are guilty, but I know I am, God. If, if there's people in here that aren't, man, that is so awesome. God, our prayer for this church is not that the church gets a great name or that people know my name, but that your name is great. Jesus, we want every single soul in this community and the communities around here to know about you. And in order to do that, you, you will choose to use a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of screwed up people like Mark Pangle. Thank you for not giving up on me like I would. And God, just show us something in Galatians chapter 1 that can open our hearts so we can be more like you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So, so two things this morning that um, I believe will help us be freed completely freed from the bondage that we're in. That is us, okay? And the first thing is we got to be honest with ourselves about where we are with Jesus. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we are with Jesus, okay? And, and this is what I mean by that. Um, a lot of us like to put on a facade. And it's just what I was telling you I've done this week. Um, when we see people, man, things are going great. How's the church doing? Church is growing. We got two services now. 
It's amazing what God's doing. We had six people get baptized today. Isn't it great what God's doing? And all the while, turmoil's happening in my life, and a lot of it is self-inflicted wounds. Because I'm struggling with me, and I care so much more about everybody else than I do Jesus. This is what I mean by be real. Be real. Where is Jesus in your priority list? That's what be real is talking about. Where is Jesus in your priority list? Because a lot of times this is the way he is for me. I've got, I've got Jesus in there, but instead of being the most important thing, he's just one of the spokes in the wheel of life in my life. Like it, it, Really important, especially on Sunday morning. I, I promise, I'm going to give him time. When I'm not working, I, I'm, I'm going to come to church, and he's going to be important. And I feel that way about a lot of you guys. I feel like that really isn't a priority in your life, and that is awesome. I want to tell y'all I'm grateful for that. But listen, for us to be used by God, you have to understand this. And I've heard this my whole life, but I think this week it really kind of hit home. The people that were greatly used by God were jacked up people. Like the disciples, we hear, the, if, if you read the Bible, we hear about them and we're like, man, those people, God, they were awesome. Look what they did. Like, like they preached in one day, Peter started. Like there was only a couple hundred people in the church and Peter preached this message and 3,000 people got saved in one day. Peter must have been amazing. No, Peter was an idiot. Like seriously, we would all fire Peter at our jobs, better yet as the preacher. He was nuts. He would cuss people out just for no reason, right? He was crazy. And, and Paul, Paul's a good one. Paul killed everybody, right? Paul, Paul killed some of our friends, and then all of a sudden we're supposed to follow him because he's this short, bald guy, was what Paul was. The Bible says he wasn't pleasing to look at, which means he was jacked up, he was ugly. So no one wanted to look at him. I don't think he was this big, tall orator that we look at and we're like, man, look at Ronald Reagan. That must have been what Paul was like because Ronald Reagan was an amazing orator. When he spoke, everybody listened to what he said. He must, Paul must have been like that. No, he was, he was ridiculously jacked up that no one would follow. So why did people follow him? Because he was so madly in love with Jesus that they couldn't help it. It is contagious when Jesus is first in my life. But, but guess what else is contagious? I, me, and my is contagious. I am so consumed with me. When I'm being real about where I am with Jesus, this is what I realize. A lot of times he's way down the priority list. He's not even number two. Like, I don't even put my family above him, and that's it. I put the church above him. We say, the church is part of Jesus. No, not the way I do it. Not if it's self-consuming. Not if it's self-consuming. Jesus is, is then way down because I get so pumped up about football games, right? And then the Braves are playing tonight. i got to be consumed with that. And I mean, we've got to bring this chopped so we got to get ready, right? I mean, it, we've got to go. It's deer season. I got to shoot Bambi in the heart with an arrow from 30 yards away. It's got to die. I need some deer meat. So that's important, right? And I got to go on vacation, so I got to save some money up, and I got to figure that out. And then I look up, and like, man has consumed me because all the stuff that is me has consumed me. And sometime I'm going to try to give Jesus five minutes. By the way, you're welcome. Much love to you. Thanks for dying on the cross. Don't, no worries. And, and that's about all I think. Like, if I give you five minutes in the morning, that's got to be good enough. But my life does not consume around him. Like, during the course of the day when someone cuts me off in traffic, the thought is not, that is a child of the Most High God who he died for. That is a, why did you cut me off? I'm going to punch you in the freaking face. If y'all never think that, then y'all are better than me, because I'm going to be honest with you, I thought that yesterday. Okay, just being real. I want to just shank somebody. I just That's just my thought. My thoughts are not God's thoughts. Why? Because God is not what I am consumed with. I am what I am consumed with. And I am so enchained in me. 
and then what you guys and all them out there think about me, that I cannot have freedom in Christ. All I have is chains and bondage. So if I'm being real, I feel like I'm a lot of what Paul was talking about in the church of Galatians. In Galatia, the city. Listen to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him, Jesus, who called you in the grace of Christ, and you're turning to a different gospel. Listen, this different gospel, gospel can be anything that we prioritize above Jesus. And this was a man that was so zealous that he spent his entire life until they chopped his head off trying to win people for Jesus. And when he walked around people like me, he looked and said, dude, you're preaching the gospel and you're not living the gospel. I have no time for you. Like Paul would have probably punched me. Paul and Peter got into a fight, by the way, and it was all over this. He's like, what are you doing? You're being stupid. You're worried about all these stupid laws and all this stuff. Worry about Jesus. This is what Mark looks like. This is what Mark looks like. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a, con a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Let him be cast away. Let, let no one believe what he says. As we have said before, so now I say again, if any, any, anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Let him... Let him not be seen anymore. See, the, the thing that we have to do is be honest with ourselves about where we are with Jesus. We've got to be real. And we've got to stop trying to fake people into thinking that we're better than we are. <laughs> and like I said, if y'all don't do that, I am so happy and pumped for you. But I'm just being real and telling y'all that I believe it's at least 90% of us. At least 90% of us don't want to fess up to where we are with Jesus and we want to Make sure everybody thinks, man, I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome, man. And I, can I just tell you that Jesus is not impressed that I haven't missed a day in 2013 reading the Bible <laughs> if I'm nasty to my wife five minutes later? Like, Jesus isn't impressed if I cheat my taxes or if, I, uh, if I'm gossiping constantly. I... I I don't read the Bible to get Jesus off my back, first of all. But second of all, if that's, if that's why I'm doing it and my priorities are that out of whack, and I'm being real where he is in my priority list, it's going to show to everyone. It's going to show to everyone. And the way that I get rid of my change, the way that I stop doing that, is I have to put my faith in God and not in man. Because here's what happens when I put my faith in man. Like when I think I've accomplished anything with my life, I let myself doubt every time. Like, it, it, for example, if I think last Sunday or the Sunday before, man, I knew everything I was going to say, and I got home, and thank you, Jesus, you get all the glory, but that was good. You, to God be the glory. That was really good, that message. The next week, I promise you I'm falling on my face, like I did this morning. <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess it up. Because Jesus has a funny way of humbling us and knocking us down a few notches. It, it shows up to everyone that we know the truth of where we are. Like, just, just in money. Let's just talk money. If you're, if you're a guest with us, just bear with me for a second. For our four points people, I, honestly, I don't know how much you give, but Austin does, and our, our finance 
team knows and I, whatever, it's fine. But I, I promise you, if we could see, I, I say checkbook, but that's not, I've never, I hadn't written a check in like 10 years, so I don't even, if your credit card or, you know, your debit card or whatever, your bank account, if it could talk, it could tell us where your priorities are. If you give $5,000 a year to Iptay or the Gamecock Club and you give $500 to the church and you say, no, but guess what? I serve Jesus. You serve the Gamecocks. And I'm not mad at you. But that's the truth. And by the way, if you give to like Samaritan's Purse and mission organizations, that's awesome. I mean, that, 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 that's awesome. But it tells on you. If you have... If you're in debt up to your ears because you've got to keep up with the Joneses, it tells on you. If your time is constantly having to do things other than serve people, I don't mean just go to church. We, we ask for about an hour a week, and when we, when we, have, um, when we have our small groups, that's another hour. It's, but it's not tons of time. We think, we think for a long time people got over-churched and you got made to feel guilty if you didn't come to church like seven times a week. I don't think that's necessary. I think you're the church and we need to be the church out there. But, but what about, like, if you see people on the side of the road, and you're a man, because I don't think a woman should stop so they don't get something stupid happen to them by crazy people. But listen, what if you're a man and you see someone walking, and you're just like, I ain't got time for them? Or what about your neighbor that's hurting, and you know they're hurting, but they're not on a priority list because I got my TV show I got to watch? Or what about the people that we work with? that get on our nerves so bad we just want to spit. We don't have time for them. If we're being honest where we are with Jesus, when we serve God over man, when he's greater and we become less, that's what John the Baptist said, by the way, who of any man that we can watch in the Bible, this is probably the man that we should say that is who didn't care what people thought because he had followers and he had a claim and he pushed everyone toward Jesus. In John 3.30, this is John the Baptist, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. I point everybody to him. I want everybody to know my cousin and not me. Everybody should know this man because he's the Messiah. What if my life was looked look like this? Whenever someone complimented me and it wasn't tongue-in-cheek if I said, no, but seriously, it's Jesus. When everybody thought I had done something good, instead of trying to pump myself up, what if I said, no, no, it's Jesus? Because listen, if you put your faith in me, and you need from me, and I'm all that you get your faith from, I'm going to fail you this week. If you put your faith in this church, we will fail you this week. If you put your faith in your spouse, or your coworkers, or your parents, or anybody, we will all fail you because we are humans and we are flawed, and that's what humans do. But when we act like John the Baptist did, or any of these Bible people that we look at and say, man, they're so much better than me. No, they're jacked up. There's one difference. Jesus was the priority in their life. And when that happens, people notice, and they recognize. Listen to what Paul said, last verse. For am I seeking, this is verse 10, for am I now seeking the approval of man or God? What am I seeking the approval of? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Did you hear what he said? If I'm trying to seek the approval of man, I am not a servant of Jesus. I don't know if y'all get this sometimes when you're reading the word, like that just gut punched me. And I thought this to myself. 
Dude, you can stand up and you can smile, man, we're glad you're here. And you can fake your way through it and you can not be a servant of Christ. And you can work in a ditch or in a sweatshop for 50 cents an hour and not be an American and not have all the blessings that we have. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It matters where your heart is with Jesus. It matters if you put God over man. God is not impressed with me standing on this stage and preaching a, a gospel message. I believe he's impressed when I put him above everything else in my life. I believe that's when he gets glory. I believe that's when he gets worship. And I believe that's when he's made famous. It is not good enough for me to proclaim his name and, and not acknowledge him with my lifestyle. And if that is my life, if I proclaim him constantly, but when I leave here, I deny him with the way that I treat my family, the way that I treat my friends, the way that my language is, the way that my actions are, the way that my private time is when no one else is watching because I can't let anybody else see, but I don't care if God sees. If that is my actions, then I am full of these chains. And the way that we do this is simply throwing them off and saying, Jesus, I need you. I want to be consumed. This is how we'll close today. This is how we'll close today. I want everyone to be honest with yourselves. For, for some people, I, I've seen for several weeks in a row, and, and some people I hadn't seen you in several weeks. Some people, this is your first time. Thank you so much for coming. This is the way that I want you to respond today. I want you to be completely honest with yourself and answer this question. And by the way, it's kind of cool because um, this this response will be dictated by do you think more of man or God? Like are you so consumed with what everybody else thinks that you don't want to stand up because you don't want them to think that you're not right with Jesus? But guess what? It doesn't matter what they think. Like really, if I think that you're not in the right place with Jesus, is it really going to change any part of your outcome in your life? The only thing that matters, honestly, is where am I with Jesus? There's a group of you in here that I believe don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. All that means is that you placed all your hope in Him. You've asked Him to save you from your sins. You've trusted Him as Savior and Lord. You believe that He died on the cross for you. And you want Him to change you forever and all times. Listen, if that is you, if that is you, and you've never done that before, we want to give you an opportunity today because, listen, Freedom will only happen. Listen to me. Freedom will only happen. You will never be free. When the worst situations come in your life, you'll never know what it's like to be free. This whole sermon series is about having freedom in Christ. And you'll never know what that means if you don't have Jesus at the center of your life. Sometimes I'm a moron and I put Jesus in other places. But this is the one thing that I know for sure. He saved me. I never doubt that I am saved. For everybody else in this room, I believe this is a message that demands a response, and this is the response that I want you to give. If you believe that Jesus is not at the center of your life, not where he should be, you've put God in front of man, you have chains in your life, I want you to stand up in just a second. This is for saved and unsaved. This is for everybody. And, and listen, if you don't think that Jesus is at the center of your life, and you're not sure if you should stand up, and you talk yourself out of it, it is a guarantee that Jesus is not the most important thing in your life because you're worried about what everybody else thinks. It's a guarantee. That's just the way it is. We do that every week, by the way, don't we? We know we should respond like, I don't want to do it because 
That guy's looking at me, this is crazy. I'm not gonna ask you to bow your heads. If you're a shy person, I understand that. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. If you don't get up, I don't, I'm not gonna get like a plaque today if 90% of the people stand up. I just want you to be real. Be honest with where you are with Jesus. And I wanna give you an opportunity to do a couple things after you do that. And so, asking everybody to be real. If you don't believe that you put God in front of man, if you try to hide stuff, if your life is difficult because you believe you have chains in your life and you know you want to live in freedom in Christ, I'm just going to invite you to stand up right now. All around the room, I'm just going to invite you to stand up if that's you. Two responses you can have from here. Most, most of the people in the room have stood up. Two responses you can have from here. The first one, this is the one we will celebrate the most because I'll do a cartwheel. I just might look crazy, but... I get more excited about people getting saved and baptized than anything else in my life, and that's the truth. Um, if, if you want to get saved, if you're the person that stood up, you say, you know what, dude? I've never truly, truly had Jesus change me. The picture that we had this morning is not just a fun thing to get people wet and have to change clothes. The picture that we had this morning is what all of us looked like at one point in time. We were dead in our sin. We deserved separation from God in hell, and Jesus saved us. Listen, if that's you and you are still dead, if you've never truly trusted Christ as Savior, I'm just going to invite you right now to just slip out. Everybody's standing, so we don't care what people think. I'm just going to invite you to slip out and go to the back right now. One other thing before you, before you do, if you've never been baptized before, never been baptized before, and you know you need to, we've got shirts and stuff in the back. We want to baptize you right here, right now. We're going to do another song. We will dunk you at the end. We will party like crazy. If anyone wants to do that, we're just inviting you to just step out right now and go. So if, if either one, if anyone wants to get saved or baptized right now, I'm just inviting you to slip out. And listen, surely if you've stood up, you're not embarrassed now. So just go. Right now, if you want to get saved, I'm just inviting you to go to the back. If you want to get baptized, if you've never done it before, we got clothes we'll change into and we'll baptize you right here at the end of service. Anybody? Anybody want to do that? Last chance. Celebrate like crazy. All right, listen. We're going to close worship in just a second with a song. I'm going to pray and then we're going to close worship. If you, if you have a student or you are a student, sixth grade and up, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. I'm going to invite you to come and six o'clock, have a super time. If you haven't joined a small group, you can talk to the people in the back and we will, um, we will have a big time this week on Tuesday and Wednesday and there's options for you. So you sign up today and, and we'll give you more information. Thank y'all for coming and listen. This is the truth. If we, right here, if we decide that we're serious about standing up and wanting to make a difference, we will have to find room for people next week because we won't be able to seat everybody. Because people will recognize if you truly want to make a difference with Jesus in your life. Can we pray? God, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word and the truth of the gospel. Thank you that you don't give up on a, a nobody like me who continues to put you lower in the priority list than they should. God, I pray that we live free from chains, that we throw down the fear of man and that we worry about you and that you are our priority. God, I believe we can be the church that makes a difference in this community and many, 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 many people get saved as a result. But that can only happen when you are first in our lives and you are the priority. Help us, Jesus, make a difference in this place.
I believe, I believe that we will reach the least, the lost, and the lonely with the gospel. And we will be the church. And when we do put you where we should, this, this place will never be the same. Let's make you famous this week, Jesus. We love you. Amen.